Hey, this episode of the Adventist Millennial Podcast is sponsored by The Haystack. The Haystack is a voice for young adults in the Seventh-day Adventist Church that produces articles, music reviews, videos, and more. What's the and more? Well, you'll have to go to their website to find out. Thehaystack.org. The Haystack. Life. Culture. Theology. Oh, man. I, 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 I'm here. I'm here. I'm making the podcast. It didn't almost not happen, so don't even worry about that. I definitely didn't forget that it was Thursday night and that I hadn't finished editing the podcast that I recorded and that it was supposed to be loaded up uh, and uploaded already. I definitely didn't forget that and I definitely didn't sit around and watch YouTube and go to sleep instead of doing that. And it's definitely not early in the morning on Friday right now while I'm recording this. So yeah, just be aware of that and know that uh, I'm extremely competent and and ahead of schedule in producing and um, everything is going swimmingly. So I hope you all enjoy this Father's Day episode with a brand new father. Okay, shout out to all of you fathers out there. Enjoy. Um, okay, welcome to the podcast. Welcome <laughs> to hosting the podcast. Happy first Father's Day in a few days. Thank you. It's um, very weird. <laughs> Are you expecting any gifts? Uh, not particularly. I thought I saw Eden taking an Uber to the mall the other day. It, that's, that's quite possible. Um, okay. We think we're fairly, fairly certain she's been sneaking caffeine at night. Oh, I thought you were going to say sneaking cash out of your wallet. <laughs> if I had any cash. <laughs> 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 um, in the spirit of Father's Day, we're going to talk about... All Does Father's Day have like a patron saint like Christmas? <laughs> Yeah, Father <laughs> Christmas. Oh, oh, oh. Happy Father's Day. <laughs> <laughs> he does double duty. Yeah. It's his, uh, it's his side hustle. We should make that a thing, like make Santa Claus like the icon of Father's Day. <laughs> or like, I don't know, who who would be a good icon But no, 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 it can't be Santa Claus. It's Father Christmas. Oh, that's so true. So it'd be like the British Santa Claus. Yeah, yeah. With like jacked up teeth. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Is that a train? Yes. Um, welcome to my <laughs> very cheap apartment. <laughs> I was trying to think of someone who would be a good icon for Father's Day, an iconic father, the dad in um, uh, Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> 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 yeah, that movie hasn't held up too well <laughs> over the years. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, let's just cut to the chase uh so what what have you what have you discovered since Eden was born hmm do you feel yourself a new person mm. well the biggest thing do you thing feel yourself I've a tired person <laughs> <laughs> well that was gonna be what I, I said the biggest thing that I've I've realized is how little sleep you can operate on <laughs> like if I knew how how much I actually didn't have to sleep i would have probably well probably would have wasted all that time <laughs> but uh it's not wasted i kind of wish i had done something more productive <laughs> with myself 
okay, but like, have you had any life revelations? Um, I mean, it's it's weird. I mean, everybody everybody says like having a kid kind of changes your perspective and gives you a little bit of a an insight into how God looks at it, uh, how God looks at us. Um, and I would I would say to kind of play into the cliche, it, you know, it does. I would say it it's a catalyst for thinking about those sorts of things. I wouldn't say I have any new uh, perspective shifts that I haven't sort of like thought about previously, but I find myself contemplating that more than I had in the past. You know, I've, I've, you know, kind of put myself in those shoes and thought, you know, kind of built up a, an idea of how I think God looks at us, but I've, I've certainly naturally just, you know, spent time in that space more than I did before I had kids. Um, like in what way, for example? Um, well, uh, you know, one of the things that really strikes me about having a, having a kid, uh, having a baby is there's, there's literally nothing that the child can do at this point. Like my, you know, Eden's five weeks, she doesn't add any kind of value (laughs) to the family. You know, (laughs) she doesn't add any benefit. She doesn't. Know she doesn't go out there and you know contribute to the family in mm-hmm. that sense, you know. But yet, even though there's nothing that she could do at her age to make me love her or you know improve my relationship Opinion. with her, <laughs> I just I just love her, yeah. I, you know, no matter you know how much she cries or. Poops well, or on one hand, she can't do anything to ingratiate herself. On the other hand, she can't really do anything to make you mad, other than make you lose sleep. Well, but and that's that's the thing is like, you know how how bad of a person can <laughs> you really get, you know, from an infinitesimal, you know, we 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 don't really grasp the the depth of the goodness and the love of God and the unconditional of how much he loves us and i don't i think that you know in in some way i think that the sacrifice that jesus made and his ministry may have done something you know in reality but i think in in a much bigger and more real way a lot of it was metaphor in that in what it the was cross ju- was metaphor? Yeah, I mm. think I think the whole reason Jesus came and the you know the fact that he died and you know was willing to go to the ultimate sacrifice to show us just how much he loved us. Like I don't know how much of that was, you know, a ransom propitiation, how much of it was God actually having to do some sort of some kind of voodoo to set everything right as much as it was to explain to us the gravity of like this is how much that in in the terms that you can understand you know i'm willing to sacrifice everything and beyond everything that you know of to make sure that you understand how much i love you and how much i want you to be reconciled with me 
So you're telling me that just one kid and you can flush thousands of years of theology right down the toilet. Well, I would flush thousands of years <laughs> of theology down the toilet <laughs> regardless of it. Without a kid. a kid but, with um, just one burrito. I mean, just like I said, you know, I, I'm a big fan of, of what C.S. Lewis says in Mere Christianity. You know, if it's helpful, um, you know, great. If it doesn't, If it doesn't add anything of value, don't believe it. So, you know, I'm 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 certainly not trying to make a case that, you know, there wasn't any sort of, uh, you know, the Christ's death on the cross didn't actually do anything. I'm I was just, you know, from the standpoint of for me, I think so much more of it is valuable in the explanation or the, you know, giving us something to wrap our minds around um, then whatever kind of behind the scenes, you know, chess game God might be playing that we don't understand. I could see that. Um, how would you say we were talking a little bit before Eden was born and a little bit too since she's been born, but you were talking about kind of the ways you were considering how we see God acting towards humans and how that may translate to the way that you try to parent? Yeah. So it's it's kind of been an ongoing conversation with me and my wife. Um, so Sarah's been kind of um, digging into different parenting philosophies and, you know, watching videos and reading articles and stuff. And we've had discussions about, like, how are we going to approach parenting Eden as she grows up and how, you know, how are we going to implement discipline and how are we going to teach her things um and so you know because i'm thinking about these things i I was um i was trying to figure out you know how does god deal with us in trying to teach us things and discipline us and i know we we kind of build out these pictures of what we think God does in terms of, you know, if you do something bad, then obviously you have a punishment. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure that I'm, I'm willing to say he doesn't do that. But what I do notice is that there are a lot of times when it seems like there should be a clear action, consequence, punishment follow-up. And that's not what God does. You know, pretty frequently when God directly is involved, he intervenes so that we don't experience the consequences mm. of our actions. Like, do you so have any examples? Like, yeah, when so Bruce Almighty said, smite me, almighty smiter. Yeah, exactly. Nothing happened. Exactly. That was God, you know, <laughs> demonstrating grace and, and sparing him from the consequences of blasphemy. <laughs> <laughs> in that very realistic <laughs> true to life movie. <laughs> I think that was a documentary. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was because I've I've seen it on the TV. <laughs> um so like uh, here like a really good example like the first like major transgression um you know uh Adam and Eve were told don't eat the fruit because the consequences of eating it sudden death. Yeah. You know, when 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 they went ahead and ate the fruit and God came, you know, he didn't come up and say, OK, I know what you guys <laughs> did. And guess What's what? What's going on? All here? right. So who's who's <laughs> up first for the firing squad? You know, 
he had a conversation with them. Okay, what happened? And, of course, they made a big mess of it and tried to pass the buck. But, you know, God didn't immediately come in and start handing out punishments for stuff that he obviously knew. He wanted to, he wanted to talk it out with them and help them understand why what was happening was such a big deal. You look at, um, you know, the next thing in Genesis was when Cain murdered his brother and, you know, God came up to him and said, you know, where's your brother? He didn't say, hey, I saw you kill your brother. So now time for a whooping. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it was, you know, where's your brother? What's happening? And, you know, when he f- when Cain admits to killing his brother, he, you know, he says, I'm afraid other men are going to kill me. And so God, God doesn't say, well, tough luck. You got to, you know, mm-hmm. suck it up. That's what happens when you you know, make stupid choices. Yeah. He said, you know, he, he put a mark on, the Bible says he put, he put a mark on Cain to warn other people not to kill Cain. He, he gave him grace. He helped him out. And I, I feel like there are a lot of, uh, there are a lot of consequences. I mean, there are a lot of stories in the Bible where the consequences that God doles out are not, what we would expect in terms of dispensing justice. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I'm, I'm trying to think of, you know, how much of that can I bring to the table and just, you know, not uh, raise a child that's just not going to have any concept. Yeah. Of, well, that you was know. what I was going to ask next is because there is a, er, there is a sentiment like, I don't know, in conservative American culture or, like, religious culture where, oh, kids these days, I'm going to uh, uh, make my, discipline my kids and make sure they behave. And, and on one hand, I guess that works in some ways, but, but also, like, h- how h- have you ever seen that model work out like because i feel like you see examples of parents who just oh whatever i'm not gonna discipline my kids and then they have little hellions and then people who like um just oppress their kids to the point where they are unable to function independently like how do you is there a good example of of the right way to do it I'm not sure if there's <laughs> a good example of the right like, way to do Well, it. like, for example, I know our dad has told us that when, when before we were born, he was like, oh, I'm going to, you know, kind of a similar thing. I'm not going to, uh, I'm going to explain everything to them and philosophize the reasoning behind everything. And then he ended up just yelling at us <laughs> because that's what little kids, I don't know. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. What, and I'm there's theory and there's practice. And yeah. Well, and and that's you know I'm not sure I'm not sure what what's gonna happen when the rubber meets the road. You don't know on a scale of one to ten how annoying Aiden will be yet. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know I'm I'm sure there's some element of you just you have to take action out of either fatigue or there's you know you don't have the time mm-hmm. to to let them just while away you know <laughs> until they <laughs> acquiesce to whatever the right thing that is. that would have been you just <laughs> whiling away as a child <laughs> so i you know but for me a lot of it was was sort of around 
you know, came out of this idea of, you know, if Jesus, if Jesus was a parent, what, mm-hmm. you know, what kind of discipline would he be using on his children? You know, is he, was he going to be like the, okay, let's, let's sit down. I'm going to tell you a story and explain to you, you know, in that way, what's going mm-hmm. on here. Or is it going to be like, okay, well, you know, you're four, you don't really understand much besides I'm going to give you a whipping yeah. if you don't do it. So, yeah. you know, would, would God hit a kid Yeah, to teach him a lesson? Or, you know, would, would he have a different way of, of doing mm-hmm. something that we could emulate? Yeah. Well, I mean, and so, you, you know, you look at the things that Jesus did. He, he hung around people all the time who had made terrible <coughs> life decisions. Mm-hmm. And he never said, you know. He wasn't going around. He like, wasn't going no. around, you know. Ellen White says. Telling people, you know. <laughs> Well, you reaped what you sowed, so <laughs> hope you learned a lesson this time. You know, his I whole mean, ministry was going around and just asking people, do you want to get well? Do maybe you want, the disciples you know, were whitewashing you. the story. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> he, they, they sure didn't make themselves look great <laughs> in it. So, I mean, the the only people he really had harsh words for were the people who were trying to tell other people what god's character were like Mm. you know the the establishment in the religious circles and he though that was the only major time he had took issue with people but if he was hanging out with people who had jacked up lives he always just he just reached out to try to show them how much he loved them he would he would fix their immediate needs by feeding them or healing them and then he would tell him, "Go and be better. You know, don't don't do that again." Yeah. And you know, it's like, can you could you raise a kid that way? Just like, well, I mean, I the argument could be made that he's not being very successful because humanity is still, you know, pretty not learned any lessons. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. It, there's there's that there's the argument that it didn't fix humanity, but the same time um you know it, it spawned one of the the large the largest and fastest growing movement in the history of mankind yeah, i mean true. christianity has been around for a long time and it's you know there's still pretty clear tenets of the original you know faith that are really you know they've been preserved throughout that you know, so it's definitely made an impact, a lasting impact. Yeah. You know, if he hadn't come and done that, you know, would would the whole world have self-destructed long before that? W- yeah. Did it just like, s- you know, stall the whole uh, self-destruct <laughs> <laughs> that we've been on this path of from the beginning? Or, yeah. you know, you or did it just like, a, what are those little things, plastic things you put in the socket? <laughs> yeah. Keep you from sticking your finger in it. Yeah, just put a just put a plug in it yeah. for temporary fix. <laughs> um I've heard w- an explanation before uh that like if you look at the way God treats people from the Old Testament through to now, it's like kind of like the way a parent treats a child as it's growing up. Like he was harsh to the Israelites, like, uh, treating them like little kids, basically, disciplining them, 
opening the earth and swallowing people up and whatnot. And then there's this progression of, as we supposedly are supposed to be understanding God's character and maturing as a human race, then he deals with us differently. Do you think, do you see that? Or is it just hubris to think that the human race (laughs) hasn't been learning anything over the course of history? I mean, Um, because we still think a lot of the same things (laughs) that we've always thought. Well, I mean... That that's a hard one to answer because uh, you know you don't want to speak for a whole bunch of people that you don't. <laughs> I mean, you don't really. I I personally have no problem I don't speaking <laughs> for everyone. For I mean, for me, I I I can definitely see an argument to be made that um, you sort of have to have some sort of uh, ground level, you know, or starting place in order to advance the conversation Mm. i mean you think about think about like everybody now pretty much knows how to use the internet Mm -hmm. um you know anybody that's a millennial or younger probably knows how to work email probably knows how to use social media you know those things are things that are were really easy to pick up it's not like it's hard but then you see a younger i mean you see older generations struggle just even wrapping their head around the concept of how it works and i mean you can make a you can make an argument that it's just because you know a lot of people as they get older are less flexible or less willing to learn new skills i mean but you know, there there does seem to be an element that it's it's so different or it's such a departure from what people knew that it does it does take some sort of plasticity to be able to fully grasp it. Mm-mm. And so, you know, if you like keep working your way back, you know, are there things that, you know, concepts in philosophy, things about you know, that we take for granted as yeah. basic and well, clearly, you know, if this is this and that's that, and you, that should equal yeah, this, yeah. you know, I don't know. I don't know if that, if somebody who doesn't have that base to start with would be able to grasp if God just sat down and did a Ted talk and said, okay, guys, yeah. here's the plan. Here's what's going on. Like kind you wouldn't like even have any kind of framework school. to hang that on. Yeah. And so we talk about, you know, um, a lot of the stuff that we know as just foregone conclusions, like it's clear, like it's really easy to see, like if something has the been researched, earth is round. you know, psych. you know, we take, take like science, for example, like the scientific method of like studying something and like you test it enough times and you see that that's probably going to happen the same time every time. Yeah. You really, that doesn't matter. That doesn't mean anything to somebody who doesn't already accept the principles of, you know, all, so much of Western thought, like that, that was kind of developed o- over the years. And, you know, so you have to have some sort of faith in an establishment of, you know, there are people who have some kind of credibility who are going to write things down. You're going to have to 
believe that you know research papers are all based on some kind of evidence you have to you know you have to have experienced something that you know you can extrapolate you know does the same thing mm-hmm. so there are so many built-in assumptions to different things that you know it it could be that um, God had to start at a m- much more rudimentary place and kind of build, you know, our collective consciousness and ability to more fully understand what, you know, what's really going on. I don't know. Yeah. Or maybe what if he's like independent of what we do or understand, demonstrating the different styles of. <laughs> You know, like, and now I'm going to show you what authoritarian parenting is like. <laughs> now I'm going to show you, and it doesn't matter what we do. Just hope you're in the loving period. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it's, you know, I don't know if it's so much that God uses different approaches or as we've, you know, as we've come up with more sophisticated philosophical and, you know, um, tools to kind of describe things mm-hmm. N- we've come up with more nuanced explanations of uh how how god operates i don't know yeah either that or we've i'm never sure if we are if we're building on and becoming more nuanced or just degenerating <laughs> <laughs> like we've talked before about like we just paint god a little more yeah, like us every generation. yeah exactly or like the, well, the conversations we've been uh, we've had in the past of like, what if we've lost the ability to, f- to access magic or whatever, you know, just like the degeneration. You and you, we've seen the human race physically just degenerate. Uh-huh. So what if that's the same thing? And we're like, oh, we're evolving. <laughs> and really, we're just like getting worse and worse and worse <laughs> and god is like stop like uh like i'm trying to think of the movie but i can't uh, like you know some scene in some movie where somebody's speaking really eloquently and then like you <laughs> cut to oh actually they're drunk and they're just like haranguing everybody yeah. in slurred speech and not making any sense yeah exactly okay well um do you have any prophecies or foreshadowing for our next installment when Eden has become a proper hellion and we revisit her childhood (laughs) do you have any predictions um hmm. man I you know I don't know that I, I guess a big part of the reason I'm I'm kind of thinking about you know, how we're going to parent and wrestling with this stuff is I don't know what the answer is yet. Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do because I mean, it's one thing to say, you know, Oh yeah, I think, I think I'm going to find a way to, you know, parent my kid without spanking them or without being too coercive. But then, you know, what do you do with somebody, you know, a little three or four year old who's just, you know, at that boundary testing stage yeah. and they're willfully defiant <laughs> and all they understand it, all they understand is like <laughs> you're not supposed to do that <laughs> so let me try and do it you know it's like yeah you can i mean you can only have so many conversations with the four-year-old until you do you ever get concerned that like about the not to like make you concerned if you're not but <laughs> 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 like the inevitability that 
we every parent in some way like damages their child um i don't i don't know i i'm not too i mean uh, you know there's there's a little bit of of that but i'm not i'm not a particularly worried person i wouldn't be surprised you're not so neurotic you know i wouldn't i wouldn't be surprised if it might keep Sarah up once or twice. You're like, oh, we'll just screw up Eden. You know, Who cares? But <laughs> I mean, I mean for me, I feel like the answer is sort of like you look at other people who have had way more traumatic, you know, life experience than I have, mm-hmm. and they still manage to find a way to come out mm-hmm. somewhat well adjusted. Yeah. I mean, like now that doesn't always happen. Yeah. Um, you know, some people get really damaged and messed up, but you know. For me, it's sort of like, you know, people in general can be very resilient. And, you know, if you if you do your best job, you know, even if you have blind spots and you do some really stupid things with your kid or you don't prepare them well enough for something like, you know, they're going to be better than you because they started off with tools that you had to figure out and learn as you grew up. So you're able to, you know, give them a little bit more than, you know you started off with yeah so they'll they'll be able to you know figure things out i guess if you could teach them one thing teach them how to like grow through trial yeah (laughs) as i give you this trial (laughs) unknowingly grow through it Mm -hmm. (laughs) okay well if anybody has any parenting advice parenting tips uh, keep them to yourselves (laughs) no just kidding if you have comments questions thoughts um, advice, send them to me uh, at AdventistMillennial at gmail.com or on Instagram or Twitter at SDA Millennial, or you could just come directly to Aaron's house and give him advice, un- unsolicited advice. Um, Word of warning, we don't have air conditioning. <laughs> so, so only come, come in, in the winter. winter. <laughs> yes, and uh, we will reconvene when Eden turns 18 and see how this all played out. <laughs> well, I remember when I was <laughs> young and stupid and we thought we weren't ever going to spank her and it was just a spanking fest all, uh, all through her teen years. <laughs> Now she doesn't have any legs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Eden, if you're and listening to this in the future. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's leave a message for future Eden. Uh Eden, I love you. There's there's nothing that I can imagine that you could ever do that would make me not love you. And I hope you're uh, going to be able to understand that one day. And she's laughing as she says, Yes, but you've cut me off. You've extricated me, exiled me from the family, so that was a lie. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, my message for Eden is learn jokes. Okay, have a nice day, everyone. <laughs>